in our lives, Lord, be glorified. Amen. Is there any greater power than the power of a witness? The town I grew up in was an uneventful kind of place. It was once voted as England's most average town. <laughs> you can imagine how devastating it was to learn that as a teenager living there. When you looked up the word mediocre in the dictionary, there was a picture of us staring back at you. <laughs> Nothing ever happened, except for Roger. When I was seven years old, I joined the church choir. The reason I did was because of Roger, my singing and piano teacher's husband, who was both director of the music center they ran together in town and organist and choir master of our local church, St. John's. Sue, Roger's wife, must have said something to him about this wide-eyed, short little kid with a basin haircut who had a voice. My lessons were on Saturday mornings, and Roger would come and sit in on them every few weeks and ask me at the end if I wanted to join his choir. I wasn't sure whether I should at first, because just a few months earlier, my brother had been thrown out of the choir for what they called unholy behavior. He's a reformed man now, and also a staunch atheist. I'll let you figure that one out. Eventually, though, Roger won me over. Roger was one of the most remarkable musicians I have ever known. Over the years, he built a volunteer choir of nearly 60, taking us to sing at Westminster Abbey, Chapel Royal Windsor, St. Paul's Cathedral London, York Minster, and on and on. They were magical years, and I would never have known them if Roger had not come to listen to my voice, if he had not made it clear that something about me mattered to him. Roger died a couple of years ago, and I had the honor of officiating at his memorial service back at St. John's in my hometown. The church was packed with his former singers, grown men and women who filled that 800-year-old structure with raucous harmony recalling that wonderful season of life with such a deeply giving man. It had been 30 plus years since we had sung together and in cases even seen each other. Many of us were married and had children of our own. We lived all over the world and led all sorts of different lives. Yet to be there again, singing for love of a man's memory who had gifted us such joy through music drew us together instantly, bearing witness as we did to a life we had shared that was made possible because one person had chosen to bear witness to us. We had all known what it meant to belong in that place, known what it meant to hear those priceless, unspoken words of grace. I see you. I love you. You're needed here. We meet today here in church and online among a great
cloud of witnesses. Roger is one of mine. I share his story this Sunday as we celebrate a life of ministry in this place because my hope for the church is much like the hope I found. That we might be a place where all people are seen, where they hear that they are loved, and where they can come to know that they too are needed for the building of God's kingdom of justice and peace upon the earth. In that way, my hope for the church is that we might all realize that we are called to be witnesses. You've heard me say before that there are over 500 children and youth in this parish who, like the quiet seven-year-old kid that I was 41 years ago, are waiting for someone here in this church to speak into their lives and say that they are seen, that they are loved that they are needed here. There are accomplished professionals here, leaders in classrooms and hospitals, astute business minds and richly talented artists and scholars, who in spite of all of their standing in the world are still in need of a word of hope when things they cannot control fall down. They need your witness to God's grace and love too. And there is a world of longing and joy, hurt and suffering beyond these walls, needing to hear a word of grace. The fact of the matter is, whoever we are, we all need a witness. To be a witness to God's love is to be someone who first learns to listen for the movement of that love in the lives of others. As many of us make our way back to the block this Sunday for the first time in a long time, and if that's you, you are not by far, by any means, alone. I encourage you to listen into each other's lives. There's so much that we've experienced these past two years, yet we've not had the chance to fully hear one another not had the opportunity to bear witness to what those years have been filled with. Loved ones have gone on to glory. Babies have been born. Most of the kids in the parish have grown at least three inches. And we've all lived through one of the most unprecedented periods in human history when a virus shut down the world and for a brief window of time, we stopped. In other words, there's some catching up to do. And if you're one of those wonderful people who has joined this church over the past couple of years, I am so glad that you will also get to tell your story and receive the story of new friends. Yet to be a witness is not only to give and receive stories of our own, it is also to know that we belong to a much larger story than the one we are living in. The story of a multitude of witnesses to grace who have gone before. Listen again, if you would, to that incredible passage we heard just now from the letter to the Hebrews. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, 
administer justice, obtain promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escape the edge of the sword, one strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received their dead by resurrection, others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection, others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. When we hear a passage from the Bible like that, it can seem that our lives of faith pale in comparison to those who are willing to give and lose their lives for the sake of what they knew to be true. Yet we are not invited to ask if we measure up alongside the faith of others. We are simply called to know the love that led each of our forebears of our faith, great or small, and trust in its promises too. For what these people of old knew is what we know, that to bear witness to the presence of God's love and the life of another is to reach out for the ineffable, something utterly beyond our power to know and to grasp. Yet it is a gift of grace that remains in the midst of us as the source of our transformation and of, of the transformation of the world. We have all we need to love the world aright. May we run, therefore, the race that is set before us as people who will hear one another's stories, who will see one another's lives, who will bear witness to the truth that we can be changed by God's gracious and holy presence as we seek to change the world for that same God's kingdom to come. Find your place at this table of grace. Lend your voice so we can hear what a life sounds like when deep calls to deep. This is a community where you can be found and made whole, renewed for the renewing of the earth. And so, what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Russ and Linda, of Sarah and Jacob Clifton, of Nate, and Remy, of Griffin and Melinda, of Shug and Martha, of Harry and Alvin, of all the saints known and unknown who have been touched by the grace of God moving in their lives and who did not keep that precious treasure to themselves but said what they saw in the full and abundant glory of the lives of those around them. Is there any greater power than the power of a witness?